The Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns, called archetypes, by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives. Welcome to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. I'm Julianne Javot, a consultant who specializes in archetypes, and I'm here with my co-host, Sindera Quackenbush, a tarot consultant. Today, we delve into the card number eight of the major arcana of the tarot, which is the Justice card. We'll discuss this as an archetypal stage, as we always do, and we'll also probably weave in the archetypes of the mediator and the judge, and possibly the avenger. We will see. So, hey, Sindera. Hey there, Julianne. Uh, we were just talking a moment ago that this is our 11th show, and uh, it just it feels really good to be doing this with you. It feels like it's gelling, and uh, and of course we're always open for what you think about these podcasts. So just throwing that out there to begin, and uh, we're going to try and do some justice for the justice card today. We'll see what happens. Uh, so yes, we have the justice here sitting on her, what looks like another throne. And she wears, uh, in this oldest Mar Marseille's deck, she's got that blue robe on over a red gown. She And she has two implements in her, either hand. She's got the sword in her right hand. Is that her right hand there? Right hand for her. <laughs> right hand for her, yep. yes. And then she's got the scales in the other hand. Um, and this feels really interesting to me. She looks like she's got her hands full for sure. Uh, but she has here a masculine, very masculine symbol, and she has here a feminine symbol. Mm -hmm. uh, so the balance between those is already evident within uh, these, within this imagery. Uh, in the Rider Waite deck, once again on a throne, has that veil behind, very reminiscent of the High Priestess card here. Mm -hmm. And uh, similar to the High Priestess, and also similar to the Chariot card, which we've just come from, the Justice is sitting between these two pillars, these two columns. Uh, so that, that evenness, that balance, is very much evident in, in imagery of many of these decks. So we have a, a good exploration of the, the symbolism of the sword and the scales. Uh, please feel free to... We both looked at this. Both jump in at any time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so what? It, what? Where does this take you? The sword and the scales. Um, what? What is it that happens for you? I think just coming on the heels of the chariot. Um, just to recap, the chariot is that, that forward movement, moving. Uh, it's the first sort of real heroic action, warrior action that the fool is is taking. It's gone through a lot of preparation and learning and now, you know, here we go. It's as if, you know, things have taken taken on a life of their own and here we go. And in that card too, um, we talked a little bit about some duality and some balance because the character, our hero on the chariot, um, what's leading the chariot, depending on the card that you look at, is either two horses, one black and one white, or two sphinxes mm -hmm. um, that are that are in black and white themselves. So that idea of these, what's pulling you forward, or is this dualistic sense? And what do you need to do to hold those reins? When you get to the justice card, and you see this very kind of like static but powerful image, and in one hand is is the scales, is maintaining balance, and the other is the sword. The first thing I think of when I look at this card is 
the sword is being handed to you. Hmm. And the symbol of the balance is saying, here's the sword. And then you need, you need to make things even. You need to balance things out just as if you had struggled with the chariot to keep those horses in line to move you forward. And that could have been a sense of ambivalence about something or you were torn. Now is the time to really take care of that. And that sword, I really, I almost imagine that sword is being handed to you to cut that veil or that drape that's between those two columns. Hmm. And that the, that the way to do that is to, is to really assess where you need balance, where you've become unbalanced. Are you leading one direction or another? That's right. And, and, and in the chariot card, we explored the shadow of that card. What can happen if you, you take yourself too seriously or you put yourself above others or above the, the balance of the world below you, right? Mm-hmm. Above animals, above the rest of nature. Uh, what needs to happen to bring justice and bring cut that ego down to size again right. after the, the, the confidence, perhaps overconfidence of the chariot? So this is a, an important stage after that as well. Absolutely. I think too, the, um, something that just struck me that's interesting about this, this card is this, you know, after that sort of moving forward, the, the idea of, of uh, what you just said of like, putting yourself above the natural world where if you look at that as in terms of you know in internal psychology if you're letting the ego be who you think you are in this journey the justice this stage is to to have wisdom and judgment about like whoa 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 have I gotten too big for my britches and who am I really which is this whole journey I think is a metaphor for finding out who you are authentically. And this is a great stage to to really look at things with some equanimity. And that's, I think, a very powerful, not only a stage, but an idea for people to work with is equanimity. How, mm. do, I, how do I see the good things that happen in my life balanced in with the things that are not so good mm-hmm. and to not in our natural state would be to oh the good things are always better right 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 um where we we can just kind of put things in balance with each other and this um i did a little bit more research on the more sort of like traditional tarot interpretations of it because i come at it just archetypally but um there was a really uh, a lot of I mean, joseph campbell and Jung talked about a a, a rending or a, a tearing away a part of the habit of who you think you are. And this seems like a good stage because we are already moving and now it's like, okay, more needs to be shorn off. And that idea of that being, that can be a painful process. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so with returning to the symbolism of the sword and the scales, that, that sword brought back or brought the idea of the image of Manjushri, the, uh, one of the most famous bodhisattvas of Mahayana Buddhism. And the, that bodhisattva with that sword is able to cut through essentially the the BS Mm -hmm. is able to cut through the illusions and, and strike through to that reality that's non-dualistic that's transcendent. And, and you mentioned wisdom. You mentioned that wisdom is part of this card. And I think that's Mm -hmm. an important thing to remember. We might get caught up when we see justice and we might think courts or, or have negative reactions to what justice might mean from what we've heard in the news. But uh, that this card actually reaches back to to a sense of wisdom to the Athena mm-hmm. actually and uh, so I and it's an interesting that it's also a feminine figure or a female figure that's holding this <clears throat> archetype for us and a little bit androgy- androgynous as well when oh, we see for sure. like that's a woman but it's a man and again that's like we don't know it's it's this imbalance yeah it's left type. left a little unclear yeah that's that's right for sure 
I, I think when people think of the, the judge archetype, they think of judgmental and judgmentalism. Mm. And that's purely a shadow um, uh, behavior. Everyone can be judgmental and you don't necessarily have the judge archetype. The judge is synonymous to me with wisdom and with a, a, a deeply, like a wisdom tradition. There's something traditional about, about judges, people who can take in all sides and not take sides to have that. The, and they go back to whatever they're learning or whatever their experiences are, and they go to find that wisdom. That's, to me, the heart of the judge archetype and, and the, the idea of justice, of being able to use that wisdom and trust that wisdom will bring justice instead of, I need to pick a side based on, you know, whatever mm -hmm. the political air or or benefit might be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so now turning to the scales, so we have the card number eight, and mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that that, how do you call it, a lemon skate, or that, that infinity symbol, mm -hmm. uh, is in the sim symbolism of the scales, and placed on its side, right? And the scales themselves, it's an intersection or a cross between matter and spirit, so it's connecting those opposites. Um, in mythology, uh, what comes to mind is Ma'at, or the mm -hmm. Egyptian goddess who, mm -hmm. uh, in the underworld, after you died, if you were, uh, you know, you had to weigh, your heart was weighed against this feather of truth, and it would dictate whether you would be able to go on into the realm of eternity afterwards with the rest of the... I don't know, good folks, good, good behaving <laughs> folks. People or, with a or, properly weighted heart. <laughs> or with a good heart. Maybe they did some bad things, but they had true hearts about it. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, we have this sense of w what creates true balance. Is it being good all the time? Mm -hmm. Or is it about doing the things that complete the whole? And it's interesting to think about the collective unconscious in the sense that the, the way that people act out, that it's sometimes a symptom of the culture. It's a way of balancing out mm -hmm. the culture. If, if people don't feel that they're heard or that they can express themselves in society, you see graffiti finding its way onto the city street. So I, I, I think that it's an interesting way to look at balance as how the unconscious, whether in, on a personal level or on a collective level, can be part of this card and reflected in, in the scales. Sure, absolutely. And I think as, as looking at this as a stage where that, that balance is coming up and, and kind of bringing in the idea of equanimity and that like the, 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 <clears throat> the fact that we can make quick judgments about what we've done um, doesn't always get us the truth because we've made a judgment, which means we're like, ipso facto, it is like this. I was good or I was bad. This mm -hmm. is saying, no, 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 there's a balance here and that judgment doesn't... Um, mean condemnation that right. means it's an examination and that bringing in of the wisdom where mm -hmm. where you know we will get a lot more from it because a judgment is like you know rubber stamp done this is saying no you've got to dig deeper you've got to bring in you know this sense of equanimity and get the wisdom from it and that to me that process is enables us to have that sword and sort of rend away those mm -hmm. the the veil of sort of uh, self-deceit that we all end up being kind of wrapped up in and um, I think it's warning, too, against suppressing certain parts of yourself, because the more you suppress them, the more that you don't take care of them and acknowledge them, the more that they're going to, to be running um, your, your psyche or coming up for you.
running the show, right? And and how many people do you, you may have known who tried to be good, 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 and then something big builds up inside them, and boom, yeah. one day things go down, go go much differently, right? Yeah. Um, and so, in speaking of equanimity, both of us in our separate studies of the Justice Card found that story of Solomon, the myth mm -hmm. myth of Solomon. Mm -hmm. Do you want to um, tell or t talk a little bit about that story? I'll give the, the post-it note version okay. of Solomon. And I think most people are, are familiar with you know, the wisdom of Solomon and, you know, the, the, the two mothers who were basically, um, you know, arguing over the child. And so they went to the King Solomon and he was to decide. And they each kind of presented their cases. This is my child and, you know, I want him. This is like the original kind of divorce court type thing. <laughs> but, um, and essentially what he says is, um, well, then I will chop the child in half and you can each have half. And the one mother goes, oh, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. She can have, you know, please let her have him. I, you know, I want him to live. And then so he, at least in the stories that I've heard, granted the child to the woman who cared most about the child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's that like kind of coming down to the, the really how you feel where the other one kind of prevaricated a little bit. You know, the other one was kind of like, you know, you know, she was more concerned about getting what she wanted. And then her second thought was the life of the child. Huh. And so that, that to me is the story of, of Solomon um, using that innate wisdom of like, what's really true here. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. And by, um, does that drive, jive with your, my understanding, your understanding of the story? Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was really nice to hear you retell it too. <laughs> Uh, it's a good post-it version. I like yeah, that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, so he he kind of goes, uh, he actually uses a sense of, I would call it rational irrationalism mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to get to the heart of the matter, which yeah. is, he really cuts with, a there, we have the literal sword there, right? Yeah. And uh, cuts right through into the, the trueness of um, that, that mother's feeling for her child. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's an interesting idea of that how, but also how violent or wrong that even Stephen sort of approach mm -hmm. can be sometimes that, you know, and you see this in, in divorces, you see this in people who have lost a family member, that there's a lot of fighting that happens over stuff and things. And sometimes that even Stephen approaches what they, people have to end up doing, but it just feels like, oh my God, just cut everything in half. That just really hurts, you know, it feels yeah. like a sword cutting this baby in half, right? So that can be a really difficult thing that people do, how to, how to justly uh, par parse out and partial out uh, these things. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think the, especially when you mentioned that, you know, dividing up of, you know, the uh, inheritance or what have you, there's something about, like, what's really, really true here? Because mm -hmm. I think that Many people, when they get to that situation, they subconsciously or unconsciously don't realize how much they wanted to get from that person who's passed on mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. or they haven't addressed the, the needs that they had or tried to address it while that, those people were, were around or alive. So it is ripe for all of that stuff to come up. And I think chances are most people aren't even going to realize that that lamp that they're fighting over mm -hmm. really isn't a lamp. Um, right. It was... Right affection or acknowledgement or whatever. They want whatever. the light and the warmth of that relationship. Right, exactly. Yeah. To take that mm -hmm. as a symbol. So mm -hmm. this is for the for the for the fool in this journey. There's there's a lot of truth that needs to kind of come up here. Like what's what is really what is really, really important. And this card is saying balance is important. Um, getting getting to the truth and understanding that, you know, we live in a day to day dualistic world. And this is, this is really more of kind of like bringing it t together and kind of being able to see a oneness in things. 
um, before we go on to the, the next the next stage of the journey. So there's there's something that's very also cool. And I, I mean, cool isn't like, yeah, that's cool. But cool is in <laughs> not warm about the justice card. It's mm -hmm. a cool card. Yeah. It's uh, rational. It's not going to be swayed by emotion. And maybe, I mean, I know for me when, when I may be called to sort of like bring this energy into whatever's going on with me, I, because I'm an emotional person. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a strong, passionate human being, but this this idea of going back to reasonable, logical, to, to balance that emotional side, um, I think is, is important and that, you know, tough choices need to be made in order to keep the balance a lot of the times mm -hmm. and that we can't always know what's next. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we all want to cover our butt, <laughs> really. Yeah. We all want to make sure, I mean, in, in balance, I think sometimes the shadow of this judge or the mediator part can be mediating the heck out of anything that's real. It's it's just like, I need to make it safe, 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 safe. Right. That's something to be, to be aware of, where mm -hmm. I think there's a sense of not so safe here, because that sword is being handed to us. Right. And that that balance doesn't necessarily, you know, rending things away to get balance isn't necessarily going to be safe. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that's a really interesting point because I, I think about, uh, and, you know, I've struggled about this, about the the way an artist's life is. Um, sometimes it, it always felt like to be the balanced, normal, healthy person that everyone says you need to be just wouldn't really fit into being an, an artist sometimes like sometimes mm -hmm. you just need to stay up all night and I don't know work on that project mm -hmm. or you're driven by a passion that you you need to get out in some writing and I don't know uh there's some wild experiences associated with that and and that may bring you into balance of the larger uh, view of your life of, of what what you're what you're living for and when you when everything's all maybe in the middle or something like that. It's, it's not, neither here nor there, and it doesn't take you where you need to go. And, and so that risk element that um, may also be another painful and risky thing to consider with this card. It's true. And, and well, the artist being, I mean, each, the, the judge and the artist kind of together, they're, they're an interesting mix. That we can, <laughs> right. <clears throat> we can Welcome really... in the artist into the courtroom. What's going to happen now? Oh, yeah. I think, too, as an artist in practice, you're always being called to make some form of decision about whether it's a paint stroke or it's the choice of a medium or you're writing a song or, or, or a play that's inherent with making um, balanced decisions. But you're right. I think um, sometimes really going to an extreme is part of the artistic experience. Oh, and how um, interesting uh, just occurred now as you were speaking that the, the word medium is the word used for like, what's your medium as mm -hmm. an artist? And, and it's the thing that's allowing you to do your work and don't know balance it all out that's really yeah. interesting yeah. just occurred to me thanks Julian I think something really important going from the hero which is very very subjective it's very much like I'm on my way the 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 chariot hero warrior kind of moving forward we are now called to be objective we go from the extreme subjective world you know it's all about me right 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 right, right, um, right. to whoa wait a minute <laughs> it's, it's we have to put our objective um, lenses on here. This, and this that's exactly what this card calls for when it comes up in a tarot spread, mm. is that 
you need to back away from your question a little bit because it's all about me, right? And, <laughs> um, and try and view it dispassionately. Try and view it. How would an outsider see this? Um, and, and that can be helpful to, you know, have your tarot consultant there to help you with that, right? How does someone from the outside see this issue, see this problem? And how can I maybe try on some different perspectives that are going to kind of help me to step away from oh, God, but I feel so strongly about this, Yeah, right? yeah. And so that's really big. Peeling away those projections yeah. that we've had and, and that emotions will heighten um, those projections. Like, they, they just, it's as if that lamp gets brighter in the projection where our, our emotions are an amazing sort of tool to kind of make that happen, and it can happen in a good way, but um, we don't typically want to uh, dim that projection and bring it back. But that is, again, I think each one of these stages and each one of these archetypes is um, enabling us through its own different way to to pull those projections back and to really seat ourselves um, in, a, in a deeper part of ourselves. I have, um, it's too much to go into for the podcast, but I have a great um, exercise that I think is appropriate to justice, um, which is which is just a, a shadow process that can be very, fairly short. Um, I'm, it's actually something the Integral Institute um, came up with for pulling those projections back and getting that ob objectivity back. Oh, great. And what it does is it um, it puts you into the shoes of the other person. I mean, you, you, you go into their subjectivity, doing it in different voices, and then that brings you back to objectivity. So I think that's really important if people are kind of listening to to uh, engage in, in, in work that lets you step outside your own sort of personality and take on things. So let's let's discuss some films that surround the subject of justice. How does justice show up in the movies? Well, I think every good story is probably going to have some sort of arc where it involves a rebalancing or a, or, or a justice. So I, when I was looking around for films, I was looking for mediators and those wisdom carriers, those those people who have who are showing compassionate objectivity. Um, which is, I think, at the heart of the judge, as well as the mediator. And just really quick, if people are interested in the difference between the mediator and the judge, the mediator really comes from, they're kind of an offshoot of the judge. I think of the, the judge as sort of being the first one around, which is about that wisdom and objectivity. The mediator takes those qualities and is never really called to make any judgment at all. So they sort of take that mediator quality of being able to facilitate. They're a facilitator um, between groups or between ideas. So they can, they can pay attention to each group and be able to create a space or a common language that they can either interpret or get, them being, get the groups to be able to speak to each other. So that's kind of my, you know, my take on the differences between the mediator and the judge. Um, but to bring it all in, we talked, well, King Solomon and the goddess Athena, I think, are great symbolic representations of of this energy. And I thought of Oberon in Midsummer's Night Dream, the Shakespeare play. Um, good character to look for that. Also, uh, Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird, because it's one of my favorite films. <laughs> um, and we talked about him as the father, but he's mm -hmm. also really showing the wisdom and the objectivity um, he's an advocate as well, which can make things confusing, but I really saw that, that wise energy, the way he is not judgmental, is wise and also mediates with his children and, and the people in his life. You also see Anthony Hopkins when he plays John Quincy Adams in Amistad. Um, that was a good one. And 
in the Lord of the Rings series, Hugo Weaving plays Elrond, the um, the king of the elves. But his because there are those those really difficult moments where you have to make those decisions based on this very very balanced thing, and you see that in his in his character a lot. For the shadow, if anyone's watching the show Game of Thrones, it's the HBO program, uh, fascinating show. Um, there's a character named Cersei, who's uh, very much showing the the shadow judgments, those those quick evil judgments. Um, the Father in East of Eden, which is a, a James Dean film. Ooh. Um, and I, I just, I didn't want to pick all those bad judges, like the people who are literally judges, cause that's too easy. Everyone <laughs> can see that, you know, you can see people's court or whatever, right, right. you know, you've got oh, judge duty. Yeah. And, and I will say, mention one thing about that is that if, if you are not taking back your projections, similar to going through all that stuff after the death or divorce, uh, and, and if you have personal issues that aren't sorted out in there, that a lot of people take them out into people's, they take, mm -hmm. you see it on those television shows. Mm -hmm. uh, they need to get their justice and out in the open with lots of people watching on television. So yeah. I think that's definitely points to the shadow side of that. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a big part of the shadow side of this stage is getting kind of, uh, getting too caught up. Mm, with mm -hmm. it. I think this is a very internal process for the fool to, to go through. And I would be wary of taking that sword out to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Which is, just to quickly say, the Avenger archetype, I think, is another offshoot. And you see the judge and the mediator, the Avengers there as well. It's it's, it's as if it just shares a lot of the same DNA. Mm -hmm. um, and the Avenger mm -hmm. can be good. You know, obviously, when sometimes we need to do, um, we need to seek justice in a, in a more outward extreme way right um, and yeah a lot of film ideas come up with the avenger right we think of uh kill bill as, as kind of one of the most <laughs> uh recent i don't know very yeah. tell comic book japanese everything yeah, yeah so, so batman that's... films are big for that in mm -hmm. fact a lot of them mm -hmm. really are um avenger both shadow and light. And I think they're very cathartic pe for people to watch, right? Uh -huh. So so we we may not always feel like we are we get the justice we want in life and watching these films kind of gives us a nice way to kind of have that have that out. Um, which can be a useful um, uh, aspect of film, right? Mm -hmm. Is being able to watch these things. Yeah. I also watched recently a 1980 something film Mississippi Burning with mm -hmm. Gene Hackman. Mm -hmm. Really, really great film about uh, based on a true story about these um, FBI agents that go down to the South um, in the 1960s to to uh, research or to investigate the the disappearance of some civil rights activists. And of course, you know things are very messy down there, and and to to get justice is when when the local courts give forgiveness for for really horrible acts of violence, uh, you know, there is no justice. And so one of the FBI agents, played by Gene Hackman, is this, you know, he grew up in the South. He knows what the fabric of these people and knows how they think and how they are. And so he uses some of the same tactics that they use against the African-Americans down there against these uh, local policemen. Um, so it's an interesting question about taking justice into your own hands and uh, it, if you play by the same rules they do and you get justice a different way, it could be if there's underrepresentation of a certain group of people, is that justified? Is that mm -hmm. 
at that point and in that time appropriate. Uh, so I, I kind of pose that as a question to put out there. If there's any comments from uh, listeners, it's an interesting discussion to have, right? Mm-hmm. Well, thematically, the whole film is about imbalance. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. from beginning to end. So I think that's, you make a really good point. So what do you think, to me, to just sum up, justice, this stage, it urges us first to observe, right? To try to be an impartial observer, um, to see if there's any unbalances and and then what adjustments need to be made. And there's, a, there's such a strength in this card to say, you really need to do whatever is necessary to bring things back into balance. And that could be your physical health, your emotional health, um, socially, uh, spiritually, um, and to, to take this time to be more objective about things and, um, you know, as that moves us on to, to sort of the next stage. Absolutely. That's a wonderful way to sum it up. Well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yes, let's give our thanks to the, I'm going to out you as a Libra. Yeah, I'm a Libra. That's my sun sign. (laughs) So um, I I think that's why we have a good good rapport. Um, Gemini, we we just were able to talk really well. Yeah, I think that could be part of it. (laughs) You know, Libras are social people too, so there's there's that aspect of being able to connect and be able to see different parts of 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 people. I think that's one of the one of the skills of the Libras. The skills and the scales. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Julianne. Thank you, Sandra. And so this has been another podcast, Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Next time, I believe we have the Hermit. I know. I'm going from Justice and into the Hermit card. Uh, I so. know. So the, it feels like a chance for some self-reflection after after getting some Justice or, you know, dealing with that difficult sword, right? Mm-hmm. Coming back together, I think. It's yeah. Good, like it's so oh, I'm really looking forward to that next stage. And uh, I, I also want to mention that uh, there's a wonderful book out there. Uh, about archetypes and tarot called Jung and Tarot by Sally Nichols. And that's uh, Carl Jung or Jung, uh, J-U-N-G, Jung and Tarot. Uh, Check it out. Uh, There's a lot of these kinds of uh, symbolic explorations. Um, And uh, do you want to give them our uh, little email there? Yeah, get a hold of us. You can email us at atpodcast at archetypist.com that's a-r-c-h-e-t-y-p-i-s-t.com and we'd love to hear from you thanks so much see you next time thank you for joining us for the archetypal tarot podcast for more information on Sundara's work please visit her website tarotdreamstone.com for more information on archetype consulting visit archetypist.com that's A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-I-S-T dot com. Thanks for listening.